0: Watson to first. The, champions. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl Fifty Five champions, led by Tom Brady. The long wait has ended after a half century. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. And lightning has struck place. and the Tampa Bay Lightning are back to back Stanley Cup
1: champions.
0: Hello, and welcome to December. And episode eighty-four of For Future Considerations, your favorite podcast, ringing in the holiday season. John's got his little elf costume on. Manny's dressed up as Mrs. Claus. We're we're right right where we should be, boys, as we get ready for the Randy Moss episode of For Future Considerations, number eighty-four.
1: I look better than Mrs. Claus though in this outfit. I don't know. It's it's a little more Mariah Carey, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, I heard you singing all you want for Christmas, so <laughs> 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 Hey John, running in any Santa Claus parades recently or what?
2: <laughs>
1: the traffic for one.
2: <laughs> but I'm not bitter. <laughs> <laughs> what tell the story. What's the story? <laughs> so I um I do the video board at the Owen Sound Attack Games, and they decided to conduct the Santa Claus Parade as a nighttime parade for the first time this year. But they, I think they had it about an hour too late, so you had everybody trying to leave downtown and all of the hockey game uh, fans going into downtown at the exact same time and made a complete and utter gridlock through the entire downtown of Owen Sound. And if anyone's ever been there, traffic through downtown is not the best to begin with. And it was just... I Oh, my God. It was. I wanted to just leave my car and get out and walk.
0: At 4.30 in the morning, that's one of the worst downtowns I've ever been in for traffic. <laughs> oh, I remember those
1: walks. I had oh, to walk. Oh, man. I had to walk.
2: So how long did it take yeah. you to get to the game? Um, I left home 40 minutes early, and I was still 10 minutes late for the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, not for puck drop, but I, I have to be in the chair an hour before game time, and I was still, yeah, I was uh, there ten minutes late for when I was supposed to be there.
0: <laughs> you got to should have hopped on a float like our buddy Fred Wallace,
1: <laughs> <laughs> taking you right to the front doors.
2: <laughs> oh, you and, and Santa—that's right. And did you hear uh, Ron McLean name dropped uh, Fred Wallace on Hometown Hockey on Sunday night or Monday night? Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he really if is. If you a... knew Fred Wallace, you would name drop him too. It's true. I do it all the time. Yeah,
1: yeah. you might not get anything for it, but you <laughs>
0: yeah. name drop it. He ain't, ain't going to have lunch on you with you on your last day. I'll tell you that much. But <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, Matt, you have You'll to still tell that reply story most of the time. <laughs> you have to tell that story. It's a classic.
0: Yeah. So my last day in Owen Sound, uh, you know, everybody's excited. Been there for. Three and a half years or so I uh, had a great time Obviously made lifelong friends and, and had always looked up to Fred And learned a lot from him uh, From the broadcasting and, and how to treat people <laughs> If you, Whether you took some positive or negatives from that But, um, yeah, the last day I was like, hey, Fred uh, He was do- covering the news I was in in the morning uh, I think helping out with the, his sports or, or vice versa And I said, hey, it's, it's my last day do you, want to, uh, do you want to go out for lunch? And uh, without skipping a beat without moving his eyes or stopping what he was working. It was just a clean nope. (laughs) And that was it. (laughs) So I turned around and I went and sat back down in my chair. I'm never talking to this guy again. (laughs) I saw him two weeks ago. (laughs) Have a good life. (laughs)
1: Let me tell you It was Christmas around my house On the weekend Not only did we have a 9 year old's birthday party But the Michigan Wolverines won And the Hamilton Tiger Cats won I know Beating somebody's Montreal Alouettes How are you feeling about that Matt?
0: You know what Manny I'm disgusting And I'm glad that you brought this up (laughs) I put in so much effort, so much time to learn two of these guys' names. <laughs> I checked the score app. I even added it on to my, my favorites uh, section on the, the score app. When you go under the leagues, you can pick all, all the leagues. I managed my favorites and added the CFL. And I've seen flag football teams playing against eight-year-olds put up more points. <laughs> Than what the Montreal Alouettes did, it was it was embarrassing. Uh, you hit your you hit you know what? Sometimes you just want to you hit your your wagon to a horse, and you're just hoping for a dream. And wouldn't this have been a great story if they had really made a run? And then you realize that your horse has three damn legs, <laughs> and should have been thrown into the glue factory at the beginning of the season. What a fraud! What a fraud franchise that is. I will never ever pay attention to the CFL again. <laughs> next what are you day, talking about? That.
1: Come jump on the Bombers'
0: bandwagon! I told you.
1: Even John Rashad jumping. told
0: you. Look at look Shout at this. Rashad. Look at Manny going. Look at Manny going out on the limb, taking the best team in the league by four games. <laughs> oh, <Boy>, you know. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> stop it.
1: I'm a front runner. Sure, I am. But it's the CFL. There's only one good team every year, and this year it's the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Come, well, uh, come hop on aboard. There's plenty of room. It's the CFL.
0: Well, apparently the Montreal Alouettes couldn't get their time of vacation booked off at Home Depot. They had to, to bail a little bit early and go work their regular shift. <laughs> what a joke.
2: See, this is where I would normally defend the CFL and say how great it is. I totally forgot about the playoffs and was watching Dexter <laughs> all afternoon. <laughs>
0: Yeah, our guy. And this guy's the biggest CFL fan out of the three of us. We're sending messages into the group chat. Uh, we're going on and off. No word from him whatsoever.
2: And then i, I like, I'm what, what time up. is it? 4.30? I look at my phone. I'm like, oh, shit. I missed the playoffs.
0: <laughs> Manny responds with, my tie cats. I respond with, less embarrassment. <laughs> And Rashad comes out of his three-hour coma.
2: <laughs> I completely forgot. <laughs> the biggest CFL fan on this podcast. I know. I'm I dying. can't believe it. I feel like such a bad Canadian. I feel like I have to give in my oh. citizenship
1: now or something. His, his team was out of it from the beginning, though. He's a BC Lions fan. Yeah, so. that's true. It was not a good year for the BC Lions. <laughs> so there's plenty of room for both you guys to hang out with my Blue
2: Bombers. Well, Let's my go. My wife Let's is from go. Winnipeg, so I may have to adopt the Blue Bombers. Oh, there
1: we go. I got yeah, one already. Come man. on, Rashad Come in. on, man. Come on over,
2: <laughs> Manny. In my
0: lifetime, in my lifetime, from from this day forward, I will never let the Winnipeg Blue Bombers cross my lips again. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather, I would rather go to a Chicago White Sox game, decked out, and go streaking.
1: Yeah, but be careful. If this was old Chicago, they'd really kick your ass. Though. Get your ass kicked. <laughs> My hey, goodness! If you are not doing so already, make sure you follow us on social media
0: yeah social media is where it's at podcast ffc on twitter and instagram you can find us at for future for future considerations on facebook as well all the videos links to stories recaps and anything that manny is biased about you'll see on all of those (laughs) social media accounts I haven't posted anything about the Blue Bombers yet, but you wait. I know. (laughs) You wait.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We want to give a big shout out again to OHL broadcaster Terry Doyle, who joined us last week on the OT. Make sure you go back and have a listen to that interview. Great talk about junior hockey.
2: And uh, there's a lot to talk about on this show. It may be one of our longest shows yet with plenty of baseball news, but the OHL is where we want to start today. Uh, Terry Doyle might have jinxed it because in our interview, we talked about how there hadn't been any games canceled due to COVID, and uh, the OHL announced on Tuesday that the activities for the Sudbury Wolves have been suspended due to a COVID-19 outbreak. Twelve players have tested positive for COVID-19, and so far, three games have been canceled. Are you guys surprised this has happened? <sighs>
0: No, in this world, no. Um, I I think we're all kind of surprised, or or I should speak for myself, that... Uh, this hasn't come up earlier um i think it's obvious you know when when you have a group of guys that are in close quarters like that and around each other all the time it doesn't take long for it to get in and spread um, even amongst the the vaccinated hopefully everybody is uh is okay and it's not uh, very serious cases um the ohl very swift to cancel games i think they they handled it pretty well um coming out of it so um i'm i'm not surprised that it uh it's happened um and it, it looks like the ohl is as has, uh, has been trying to clamp down on it as as quickly as they can and, and probably had these protocols in place ready to go too
2: yeah i have to say i've been surprised actually that there haven't been more outbreaks in more leagues with so many people in such close proximity all the time and then maybe one guy goes out for dinner with a family or something like that i'm amazed that it hasn't creeped into more teams across all of the leagues quite frankly
1: yeah, if, if there's anything that I'm surprised about, it, I'm surprised that it's 12.
2: Right? Yeah, that's like, a big number. That's a,
1: that's a huge number. Like, maybe it's a handful, but this is two handfuls. This is more than half the hockey team that's been infected, and they couldn't stop it from spreading very quickly because you basically went from 0 to 12 very, very quickly. And I, I think that's surprised. I also think this is a... Huge wake-up call for all the OHL teams to make sure they have their house in order. You know, they've played almost two months of hockey now, and you know, after two months maybe things, you know, let slide a little bit or maybe the procedures are a little <laughs> bit loosey-goosey. This is a huge wake-up call. And if I, I wouldn't be surprised if the OHL goes, listen, if we have to cancel more games, you're gonna have to forfeit those games, and we're not gonna be able to remake make those up and reschedule them down the road
0: yeah the schedule is only going to get tighter right we're only going to we're going to run out of time sooner than later so uh you know with the scheduling and and arenas and when they pull ice and, and all that stuff thinking of the back end when it comes to the the playoffs so yeah i i don't know what's going to uh what's going to happen if that's the, if the ohl is going to get that uh, uh severe with it but you're right uh, zero to 12 is is a big jump
2: and now to the pros the big story on the weekend came from Montreal.
0: My job is to make tough decisions, like yesterday. And um, do I go to bed at night feeling good about making tough decisions? No, I don't. But I make them. And um, we're having a fresh start, and I'm looking forward to it.
2: Canadians owner Jeff Molson fired GM Mark Bergevan, as well as assistant GM Trevor Timmons and vice president Paul Wilson. Why do you think the move was made now, and what will be Bergevin's legacy, do you think? Well,
1: being the Montreal Canadiens fan that I am, you know I'm I'm not surprised by this. Uh, I think the move was made now just because that team is a whole lot of dysfunction, and I think the owner decided that if we're going to be making some moves to clear some cap space with some veteran hockey players, I don't want a lame duck GM doing it. I want somebody who's going to be with the club for future years to make that decision. Um, as far as Bergerman's legacy goes, I think if you look at the moves that he make as a singular, he made some pretty good deals like Shea Weber for PK Subban. I think the Habs win that deal. I think he got his captain and a guy who changed the culture in the dressing room. He had to trade Max Pacioretty and he got Suzuki Tatar and a second round pick. Um, He traded for Deneau and a second rounder for Dale Weiss and Thomas Fleischman. Like, that was a huge, huge trade for Montreal. Got Petrie from Edmonton. Turned Galchenyuk into Domi and Domi into Josh Anderson. Um, You know, those are huge moves. And he won a lot more of those moves than he lost. Um, But I don't think he could put together a team as a whole. You know it. You know it's not a sum of individuals. You have to build a team as a whole, and I don't think he was able to do that as from an architect's point of view. Um, and if you looked at him physically over the last two years, he looked burned out. Like he really looked burnt out. Um, uh, so, you know, I. I I think he's a good hockey guy who made some really good moves on an individual effort. He just couldn't put a team together. He did take a team to a Stanley Cup final, to an Eastern Conference final, so you have to give him credit for that. Um, But I think it was time. Time to move on.
2: Yeah, I think everyone has a shelf life and um, no one ever leaves really on a high unless they retire. It's always when things start to go bad, that's when you uh, finally are shown the door from any team. So um, do you think his legacy would be um, a little bit less tarnished if he was in another market other than Montreal where the expectation is the team has to win or at least be competitive all the time?
1: Oh yeah, I think think he's going to find a job in the very near future and it's going to be in a uh not such a hot market like he could be in a in Anaheim for example uh cuz they'll be looking for a GM very soon and not have to deal with the pressures of Montreal you know maybe your Vancouver Canucks will get uh Mark Bergevan or maybe even Scott Mellenby, who resigned on the weekend as well he would be a good pickup i still can't believe what Vancouver hasn't pulled the plug yet on Jim Benning.
2: Ugh, I me mean neither. I'm just so sick of watching that team now. <laughs>
0: Ugh. Yeah, with, for me, with Bergevin, and, and I was going to point out the same things, I think he, he won a lot of, of trades, for sure. Um, obviously, the most uh, recent, or one of the most recent, is the cup run, um, which was great at the time. Seems like it was a flash in the pan. Um, I think one thing that Shouldn't be overlooked is that you know he's the general manager whether that call came comes from him or not that's the team that drafted Logan Mayhew, Uh and I think that's disgusting I think that he let that pass for me and I was the kind of the same way that that you're thinking mandy i didn't there was never really a plan with the teams that he was putting together he'd make deals he'd win those deals, but Montreal was never really in the conversation during his duration of of being in the Stanley Cup debate. They were always just kind of on the outside looking in or they were always kind of middle of the road in the league or you know, they'd go win the division and finish sixth in the division the next year. There was there was no real consistency with what he was doing and, and I think you're right in saying that he won a lot of individual deals but I don't think he knew what putting a whole team together would be uh, until what we saw last year which may have just been the riding of Carey Price.
1: Yeah, I think if you look at last year, a lot of people misjudged this Montreal team, thinking they were close. You know, I think the players played for Shea Weber and Carey Price, not necessarily Mark Bergevin or the coaching staff. Or they didn't win because of the coaching staff. I thought they performed because they knew this may be the last chance for Shea Weber, who was playing with four different injuries and Carey Price to boot. I'm glad you brought up Logan Mayu because. As John mentioned, they not only fired Bergevin, they fired Trevor Timmons, who was the guy who went to bat for Mayu and told Bergevin that this is the guy to pick and Bergevin had the last say on it. But they also fired the vice president of communications after that whole fiasco. If you remember the statement that they released after drafting Logan Mayu and how much of a cluster that was. Like, I I think you don't announce that you're firing the GM, the assistant GM, and the VP of communications if Logan Mayu is not a factor in that decision. Can you
0: believe what we just saw? This is incredible. You know, guys, I got to be honest, I have goofballs. Unbelievable. My
2: God. And now it's time for our play of the week Picked by you, our listeners and social media followers We had some good options And for the first time in the history of this poll We have a oh tie boy. A it's tie? Unreal Out of the what hundreds of What are we of, supposed to do now? Out of the hundreds <laughs> of thousands of votes we get Can you believe that? Unbelievable <laughs> So I made the executive decision And picked the play that makes for the perfect transition From Montreal Canadiens talk Good job on the faceoff of Crosby. And what an absolute, outstanding, remarkable save by Jake Allen, who robs the Penguins right there on the doorstep. Jake Allen makes an unbelievable save to rob the Pittsburgh Penguins of a sure goal, and that's our play of the week. That's
1: what you call a segue, folks.
2: <laughs>
0: who was it, uh,
1: it tied with? Jeremy Swayman's save and Lamar Jackson's Highlight reel scramble throw for touchdown.
0: They all tied.
1: I, they all tied. It was a three-way tie, and I think the other, if I remember correctly, the other save by Martin Jones of the Flyers, yep, never got one vote. Really, so it was. It was the other three. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was a good save, though. All three goalie save. saves
1: were great. Mm-hmm.
2: They were fantastic. I love a good save. I, I think I almost like a, a good save better than a good goal. What do you guys that think? Thatcher Demko on a Monday night against the Montreal <laughs> Canadiens.
0: Oh, there yeah. it is. Right in vote. I thought when you were saying you were making an executive decision, you were picking none of them. <laughs> 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 I'm just going with Thatcher Demko.
2: Yeah, that's right. I went to old school with a two-pad stack. Well, Demko Demko, uh,
1: I have a feeling Might be up for next week's play of the week Since it happened Monday night
2: Oh true yeah
0: Our play of the week is brought to you by London Awnings Quality that shows And when you're following for the play of the week Because I know you are and you can't wait Well you know how it works now Check the Twitter and Instagram accounts every Monday We'll post the poll question Vote for it uh, vote for your favorite and retweet it too let, let's see what some of your idiot friends think uh, let's, uh, <laughs> which which play is, is going to be the play of the week too so you can find that again Twitter and Instagram on Monday we'll release the results on the Wednesday show
2: yeah not everybody gets to have a podcast with their idiot friends we want to see what you guys do on social media
0: yeah <laughs> what are your idiot friends talking about let us know for future considerations at gmail.com <laughs>
2: And now on to baseball. There's so much baseball to talk about. Let's start with your Detroit Tigers, who signed uh, shortstop Javier Baez to a six-year, $140 million deal. You guys are both fans of the Tigers, so what do you think of this signing?
0: It's a no for me, dog. Um, he strikes out too much. He doesn't get on base. Um, he's arrogant, and not the competitive arrogant like Carlos Correa. Um th- the booing the Mets fans when he was there for 45 minutes is still, you know, obviously pretty clear. And, and I don't know if that's a limelight thing or, or what it is. But um, for me, the only way that this this ends up being uh, salvageable is that there's something else coming um, because the, the Tigers threw. Rumors and sources and such uh, made it clear that they were not planning on spending $300 million on a singular player um, when they had a lot of spots to fill. They've spent $140 million, which my math means they got a whole lot more money to go get better guys. Because if you want to compete in this division, Javi Baez is not making you that much better. I'm sorry.
1: What's he worth? Like two wins maybe? If that.
0: He's a sparkling defenseman. Is, is all we're reading about. He's, he gets great, great defense. He also gets on base at a three oh seven clip, which would get him just about out of the minor leagues. Listen,
1: I'm I'm with Matt on this. We normally don't agree on shit, but the uh, uh, I think he was the worst of the shortstops available in the free agent Agreed. market. Not only. Does he strike out a lot? He led the league in strikeouts with 184 last year. Um, Agreed. Yeah, he had 31 home runs, but in Comerica, it's not that easy mm-hmm. to hit home runs. So mm-hmm. you need to spray the ball around. They actually need somebody who can hit regularly, and I don't know if he can do it. Um, yes, he's got great defense. Yeah, and maybe he'll save some runs that way. At short, But unless he develops some sort of plate discipline, I don't see how this is a good signing at all. Um, I think he's reached his ceiling. Like, he was an all-star in 2018 and 2019. Since then, he's been going downhill. Like, Matt said, what else are they going to be spending on? I hope they're spending on an outfielder. Preferably a center fielder. I hope they're spending on another arm. Um bullpen and or starter? Like, uh, unless they've got something else up their sleeve, their two signings so far by Detroit this year,
2: Erod and now Baez, do nothing for me, guys. How about my Toronto Blue Jays? Losing Marcus Simeon to the Rangers and Robbie Ray to the Mariners, but signing Kevin Gossman to a five-year, $110 million deal. What do you guys think of that move?
1: I actually like it a lot. For the, for the Blue Jays. Um, you know, I look at that starting rotation now, and in no particular order, you got Rio, you got Berrios, you got Gossman, you got Manoa, and then you got Stripling and Pearson battling for the five spot. I think that's a pretty good rotation. They signed uh, Garcia to their bullpen. I think that's a pretty good signing. Uh, I think they should go out and trade for Matt Chapman to play third base for them since Oakland is selling everybody. I think they need to make that other splash. And quite frankly, I think I'd rather have Gossman than Robbie Ray. I think Gossman was fantastic for San Fran. I know Robbie Ray went as Cy Young, but I think I'd rather have Gossman. He was that good for San Francisco last year.
0: I, I don't uh, I don't see how the Blue Jays are better in this deal. I, I mean, to me, you can flip Robbie Ray and Kevin Gossman. I I think they're the same guy. Kevin Gossman probably has had a little more recent success, but both guys are guys that it took a long time to find that success. So I'd give the edge to Kevin Gossman of those two um, for who is going to live up to their contract. But you lose a guy of 45 homers, 102 RBIs, who is doing that protecting... Vlad Jr., that doesn't make you any better when you don't have a response for who's going to fill that spot. I mean, you're going to have Kevin Biggio... Who had seven home runs last year? This other, uh, this uh, Espinal guy who was coming up uh, and and was hitting pretty well at the end of the year, he had two home runs. Like you the the Toronto Blue Jays infield for for what it is right now. And again, uh, you know that it's a broken record with me. It's what are you going to do next now that you've done this? But that infield that the Blue Jays have right now is not impressive. That's it why they got to go out and get Chapman. And that's fine. And if you go get Chapman, that's, that's a good deal for sure. And then your infield is Chapman. You've got Beau Bichette. You've got Kevin Bivgio. You've got Vlad Jr. That, that's a pretty good infield for sure. Um, interested to see what Oakland is going to be asking for, for, for a guy like him, but not hiring mean, the, 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 <laughs> how'd that work out for you? the uh, The rotation's good. The, there's no doubt about that. The rotation is good. I think the rotation is, uh, but you know, keeping the, the the guys that were there at the end of the year. There's no new bodies other than Garcia coming in for the, the in the bullpen, and you lose Marcus Simeon, who had a career year protecting Vlad Jr. I don't know who in that lineup now falls into that spot if the Blue Jays don't do anything else.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of with you guys. I think um, the pitchers are sort of a wash. And I was a big fan of Simeon, so I'm kind of bummed. I'm hoping that they're going to do something else there.
1: But they couldn't afford both of them. Like, if you say Gossman and Ray are the same guy, they couldn't bring in Simeon, who signed a seven-year, $175 million deal. Like, you can get Matt Chapman cheaper than that.
2: Yeah, I was looking at the numbers, and um, you look at the pay raises all these guys are getting. You're never going to be able to keep everybody.
0: Yeah, so I I just don't see how you're any better now when when those are the guys that are gone.
2: The Texas Rangers not only signed Simeon to a seven-year, $175 million deal, but they also signed Corey Sager to a 10-year, $325 million contract. That seems like a lot of money for an infield, isn't it?
0: that's a lot of money for an infield. (laughs) That's a lot of money for an infield. You talk about a team like the Tigers, and, and I think the Tigers are being cheap, but you talk about a team that, that has a lot of holes to fill and, and has, apparently has a lot of money to spend on, on individual players. I mean, this is a team that went 60-102, and 102, basically. Terrible. They go in and then and get Corey Seager. They get Marcus Simeon. Would have loved to sat, uh, sit in that meeting and see what the sales pitch was other than just the dollar signs. Yeah, come down to Texas and lose 100 games. They they went and got John Gray, which was uh, you know another starter signing. I think that one is one that may end up being a little bit under the radar, too, um, to get him out of Colorado and, and see what he can do. But, man, when you go through, again, the depth chart of this team, there is nothing else there.
1: Yeah, John Gray might be their number one starter uh, after they signing him because their starting pitching staff's not not huge. They have Dunning, uh, the rookie, who's a pretty good player. They signed Cole Calhoun as well to play in their mm-hmm. outfield. That's a five hundred million dollar middle infield. Five hundred
2: million dollars. Everything's bigger in Texas, they say. <laughs> Can you imagine a team that's on its way to like a billion dollars in salary?
0: <laughs> well, they've got the the new stadium. And and look, I mean, look at that that division. Like, really, that division could be as wide open as any of them in the American League or in, in baseball, right? The Astros are going to be good. They're going to lose Correa, so uh, assumingly so. So that's going to hurt. The Mariners are always making deals. The A's are going to start sucking. The Angels are trying to turn things around. That's a long ways away. And Texas just thinks that they can run in here and, and take the whole thing over. It's going to be interesting, at least to watch, but I really don't think there's going to be a lot of return for Texas in the very short term.
1: Yeah, unless they get their pitching staff going. They're a 500-baseball team, right? Like, maybe. Are they going to win games
0: 10-9? Look, uh, when I when you look at that uh, that uh, rotation and the way that it, it levels up right now on fan graphs, you've got John Gray, you've got Dane Dunning, who had a f- uh, 4.51 ERA, and then the next three guys combined played in 30 games last year. Taylor Hearn, A.J. Alexi, and Spencer Howard. Who, I mean, I don't know what what the expectation is with with those guys. The the bullpen is is not pretty either. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But it's. I mean, if you're going to start from somewhere, you might as well just start spending five hundred million dollars for two shortstops.
2: And what about the moves by the New York Mets? They had Marte, Escobar, and Canna, and then Mad Max Scherzer to a three-year, one hundred and thirty million dollar contract. What do you think of their moves?
1: $43.3 million a year for Max Scherzer. And oh, by the way, Washington is still paying him $15 million a year in dead money till 2028. So this guy's going to be making $58 million a year next year. Max Scherzer. Listen, Max Scherzer is still elite. I think everybody's been looking for him to fall down to slow down for father time to catch up to him. But he's still an ace. He was third in Cy Young Votie last year. Batters hit 193 off him. And he can opt out after the second year. And, you know, I I look at what you talked about, Matt, is how are you going to build upon this? You always talk about what else are you going to add. The New York Mets. You talked about the Texas Rangers spending big. The New York Mets are spending big. Listen, I I give Cohen, the owner, props. I like Mad Max Scherzer. Uh, I like
2: what the Mets are doing. I don't know if it'll turn into championships, but I like what he's doing. I don't want to get uh, too off into the weeds by asking this question, but isn't this ridiculous? We're on the verge of probably a labor stoppage, and these guys are spending this kind of money.
0: They're doing it now because they don't know what it's going to look like afterwards, right? (laughs) It's all going to get grandfathered in. I mean, it's it's again, it's a ton of it's a ton of money. And Steve Cohen said that they were going to spend money, and uh, you know, obviously had some issues on uh, with his Twitter um, with uh, with some players that decide not to to stay or not to sign And Stephen Matzis, but uh, you know, Billy Epler, Look at Billy Epler, the general manager for the Los Angeles Angels for uh, any number of years, cannot put anything together. Gets fired from there it's hired by the Mets, and steve Cohen just, i don't know just go get guys all right I'll get this guy sign this guy get this guy we don't even have a manager in new york yet they've got the, the they've spent 500 million dollars in their offseason as well without even a manager for this team yet so i mean good on it. i mean it's, it ain't it ain't my money so i mean I, i'm i'm glad to see somebody spending it uh, if the Tigers had gone out and did this, I would be a little confused, <laughs> especially uh, you know, in, the, uh, in the situation that the Tigers are in. The Mets might be a little bit better, but um, in, the, like in the National League East, are they now the favorites right out of the gate over uh, uh, Atlanta? I have a hard time with that, so I don't know.
1: i got to give Jeff passing credit for this because he posted this on Twitter. Estimated current opening day payrolls. Baltimore $37 million. The Pirates 40.2 million. Max Scherzer 43.3 million. <laughs> just, just behind the Cleveland Guardians at 46.7 million. Wow. So right now, right now Mad Max makes more than the entire Pirates payroll. And
0: the entire Orioles payroll. Amazing. And not, not only that, for on a good year, 32 games.
1: <laughs> Out of 162. Out of yes.
0: 162. <laughs>
2: That's amazing. We also got a baseball question from Joel in Sandusky, Ohio. He wanted to know if we think there will Cedar be. Cedar Point!
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. yeah.
2: Nice. Joel Cedar Point, Ohio. <laughs> uh, he wants to know if we think there will be a labor stoppage in baseball, and he wanted to ask about one of the ideas that's been floated out there, the idea of a 14-team playoff, seven from each league, and then the teams with the best records would get a bye, and then the division winners pick their wildcard opponents. What do you guys think of that? I know purists will go nuts at the thought of it, but what do you guys think?
0: Well, I will, uh, I will answer the first question calmly. <laughs> I, it, it appears as though the, the first meeting or the last meeting for the owners and uh, and the players uh, lasted less than this time stamp we're at in this podcast. So, uh, yes, absolutely, uh, there is going to be some sort of, of labor stoppage in Major League Baseball. Now that I've been able to express that as – the most calm, relaxed person I possibly can be. This is the dumbest effing thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I played softball for a few years at the Chicharo Club that was a little more professional than the idea of a team being able to pick the team that they play in the playoffs. Baseball has to make things shorter! <laughs> Stop adding teams to playoffs That's just going to make the season longer And not even good Worse teams We're just adding worse teams now The Philadelphia Phillies Were two games over 500 They'd have been a playoff team this year At 82 and 80 The San Diego Padres Who we said just cut a hole In the bottom of their boat and sank Are the first team out The <laughs> they're not good teams at the bottom of this list. And the idea that you're going to have the top team in the league get a bye and the number 2 team in the league get to pick their opponent is is a little bit a little bit more sophisticated than when we all used to throw our hockey sticks in a pile and one guy came out and just pushed them all to one side or the other. This is beyond embarrassing and I will this is one of the last straws for baseball if they put this on for me
2: I don't think they're gonna do it it's just too ridiculous right like they they can't seriously be considering this I like it Uh, (laughs) you do not here we go
0: here we go
2: (laughs) like baseball is so old school
1: they need to try something new they need to try something new it doesn't have to extend the season you can play the baseball playoffs, can be shorter. It can be a one game playoff to determine those wild card t- teams, and then you move on to the next round. You should be rewarded for finishing among the best in the regular season, so you get a bye. I like it. And then you create some drama, you create some animosity between the teams. If the Yankees happen to pick, oh, I don't know. The White Sox, and then the White Sox kick their butt in the wild card.
0: I like but it. Do you think Do you think the Chicago White Sox, in your scenario, and play the Yankees just from, you know, normal, this is how we did in the season, and now we're playing the Yankees, they want to beat the Yankees because they want to win a World Series. Do you think at the end of playing 162 games in a one game playoff you're allowing the whoever you're in uh, you're allowing the Los Angeles Dodgers to pick the Philadelphia Phillies and in a one game playoff the Phillies win and you think that's entertaining that the worst team in, or the best team in baseball loses to a team that is not a playoff team because they picked them? Listen, the Toronto Blue Jays would have got
1: in this year. There'd be a ton of Blue Jays fans who were really excited. Somebody would have picked the Toronto Blue Jays to face in that first round. Yes, the Blue you're right. The Blue Jays would want to win that game to extend their season to win the World Series. But you you have to agree that there's gonna be players that are going, yeah, we also wanted to kick their ass because they picked us, thinking
0: that they were we were the easy out. I I can't imagine a scenario that that in you get into the playoffs and that is what motivates you as a player. You get in, you're one of f- one of six teams or one of four teams or whatever baseball teams make the playoffs. They get in and somebody's sitting there, man. You know what would really fire me up is if the Yankees said they wanted to play us. Shut up.
1: Yes, it is. Get, Get out of here. Th- that's exactly is,
0: what some players will think. You know that's what this exactly is? That's
1: exactly what some players will think.
0: You know what this is? This is some rich dumbasses that are trying to find more money so that they can give these guys $400 million contracts when we're still playing baseball in November and it still takes us four hours to play a 3-2-9 inning game. Great question, Jewel. I love it. Wow. It was a good question. I'm not mad at the question. (laughs) It's a great question.
2: For those of you listening, you can't see the video right now, but Matt is genuinely pissed. (laughs) 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 I am. It's the
0: dumbest thing. This This is is the dumbest thing. (laughs) I agree with you. The baseball
1: games are too long, but they have to try something new. Oh, you?
2: And now it's time for Rapid Fire, where once again we try to get Manny and Matt to answer our questions in rapid succession. Rob from Barry messaged us and asked a question about the Olympic hockey jerseys that were unveiled last week. Which ones do you guys like best, Canada or the US?
1: Well, they each unveiled three different ones. Like, Canada Mm -hmm. has a white, red, and a black. I'm not a huge fan of the black, but I do like the Canadian jerseys over the american jerseys which are boring to me.
0: Hey, I don't like the black ones as much uh, or sorry, I like the the black ones. I don't like the red ones. The red ones with the black maple leaf uh, those ones are missing something for me. I really like the white ones. I think of all of the of the six jerseys that were there. I think the white canadian ones are the best ones. Um, I don't really like the light blue US one because they still have the dark blue line across the middle. But yeah, you're, you're right. It's 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 missing something. Like it, it, both of them, uh, I know have, have always been fairly simple. The jerseys, like uh, I don't know, they they need to have like a sponsor logo on there. Really spice it up <laughs> a little bit. That that's what would really do it for me. I'll I'll take Canada though.
1: I, I do agree Best. with you. I don't like the black maple leaf either on it. Um, yeah. But, but it's got the black map maple leaf on the black jersey. I'm not a huge fan of that. Yeah. The white yeah. ones look excellent. John, yeah, they're
0: cool.
2: Yeah, I agree. I like the white ones, too. I find the U.S. ones are very, very traditional and boring. But, yeah, I only like the white Canadian jersey. I find a black maple leaf, to me, just seems wrong. Like, it seems blasphemous or something. I don't know. Like, our our country's symbol. And then having it be black instead of red just... Yeah, it feels wrong to me.
0: Blasphemy! (laughs) You know what's blasphemous? You let a team (laughs) that sells at the trade deadline into the playoffs to go up against the best team in baseball, which I want to see the best teams win. The blue Jays would be in it. The Mariners would be in it. Yeah. So what does that mean? That means the Mariners owner makes more money because he gets a gate day and the blue Jays owner gets more money because he gets a gate day. Well, guys, you got 162 games to get into the playoffs. We don't need to start including more. Well, I mean, you, you weren't good for 162 games, but you weren't as bad as seven other teams in our league. So you're in the playoffs now. It's a great idea. Look, at the fan bases would be excited. We
1: got a shot. So you're saying there's a chance. (laughs) Great line.
0: And even still, at this point, looking at the standings that were on this year, if you you want to create drama in your playoff push, both teams that would be the the seventh team that get in were four games better than the next team. So there's no drama there. If you get in at sixth, you're not losing that spot. There's, there's no excitement in the playoff push. We've got to wait for one-game playoffs with minor league teams playing the Dodgers. I really like the white Canadian jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> the Montreal Alouettes should be ashamed of themselves. They should be looking at themselves in the mirror right now and saying, this sucked. We sucked. We are awful. My kids go to French Immersion. I'm going to teach my kids how to say negative things about the Montreal Alouettes in their spare time.
2: Well, they already know all the swear words if school's the same as it was when I was. <laughs>
1: and the Alouettes went 7-7, seven and seven, and they were in the playoffs. <laughs> There's <laughs> only seven teams! There's only seven teams! <laughs> if it works in the CFL, it can work in Major League Baseball. That's what I'm saying.
0: That league's so messed up that a team from another division can make a playoff team or a playoff spot in your own division because they are better than the worst teams in your division.
2: (laughs) I can't even argue that. That's true. Thanks for the question, Rob. (laughs) What was the question Rob asked? Wait a second. What did he ask?
1: (laughs) Those American jerseys are boring.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) They're a little dry. Right. Good point.
2: All right. I'm Come glad. on, you... Rashad.
0: Get, get, get us on track. Yeah, then. no kidding. What's I'm glad on? you guys
2: can just answer whatever the hell question you want now. <laughs> it's what we've we been talking about here <laughs> rapid succession. Yeah, that's right. We also have a question here from Allen in Ann Arbor, who's celebrating the big Woo! Michigan win over Ohio State on the weekend.
0: Gets the snap, gives it to Haskins. Haskins scores untouched from the four yard line. His fifth of the day. Wolverines extend their lead!
2: Alan's question is about two other college programs. Lincoln Riley is leaving Oklahoma for USC, and Brian Kentley is leaving Notre Dame for LSU, and Alan wants to know who will do better with their new program.
0: Brian Kelly's a jerk, eh? <laughs> what a jerk! Notre Dame's in a in a fight for the for the playoff. Word is that he had an 11-minute meeting with his team. Season's not even over yet. And he leaves for LSU. What a jerk. What a jerk move that is. Lincoln Riley will buy your houses for $500,000 more than market value. You know who wins out of this deal? You know who wins out of this deal is Lincoln Riley's neighbors. Those are the people that win this deal. Oh, yeah, the house next to me just went for 1.6. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, babe, that's the market. The market, that's the market. Go get me that.
1: Lincoln Riley's real estate agent is the
0: winner out of this
1: Yes, <laughs> oh. he, he has two homes, and they sold for 500000 over asking price each. It's a million-dollar
0: yeah. bonus. Just the, the private jet... 24-7 for family. He, then school buys him a $6 million home in L.A. Oh, yeah. and his salary is
1: $110 million. Oh, Brian Kelly, he's just making chump change. $100 million. Do you know what this yeah. tells me? This tells me that this, this just ruins the argument that college sports in the U.S., the NCAA, is not pro sports. Like, this is a pro contract. These are... This is huge money being thrown around. This. Like, John Gruden signed a 10-year, $100 million contract to coach in the NFL. It's basically the same deal as Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly. Like, this is just the perfect example of why players, athletes in the NCAA, need to be paid. If this is the kind of money... That he's being thrown around for coaches. I Literally
0: the first thing I thought of when I saw that tweet about Lincoln Riley's lifestyle and, and how it happens. You're telling me that this guy is bought homes by these teams that sell his home that give him access to a private jet, but a kid cannot get a tattoo for free.
1: Right. And he's that, eating he's eating craft dinner.
0: Yeah, he's eating ramen noodles and and Lincoln Riley's got a 6 million dollar house that the team bought for him. I don't know how that doesn't create a little bit of of hostility right out of the gate for these guys between their coaching staffs. Like you want to talk about real real rivalries and real generated hate for programs, not oh, I might play you because you're not as good. And now they're really angry because we're going to play the Yankees. They wanted to play us. What about Notre Dame the next time if they ever get a scheduled game to play LSU. You want to see some kids that should literally set that stadium on fire and find Brian Kelly's car and put a banana up the tailpipe? That's how rivalries are built.
1: Alan, I think Lincoln Riley will do the best out of the two in usc he's already got players leaving oklahoma to join him at usc so and and the usc as far in the pac 12 that's a weaker conference i think lincoln raleigh's gonna do just fine
2: and now we have another pump it or dump it song maya from london has offered up this new song by pitbull i'm drinking out the bottle hanging with supermodels feel like
1: i I don't know about you, but I feel good. I don't know about you, but I feel good.
2: The song is called I Feel Good. So guys, Maya wants to know if you want to pump it or dump it.
1: Damn, I feel good listening to that song. That's a great song. <laughs> pump it. Pump that song. That's an amazing song. I'm all in, boys.
0: <laughs> that That is... That is... Oh, this is going to kill me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, here we go. That's that's
0: the best song in Pump It or Dump It history. Oh! oh! That's the best song we've done in Pump It or Dump It. What a banger. What a just a pure banger. We're going to be playing that
1: around the pool every weekend next summer, boys.
0: Oh, my God. Imagine this. Pic- picture this. You're the you're the Seattle Mariners. You're in the locker room. You got that song bumping. You got you got whatever Seeger they have t- talking guys up. Robbie Ray's in there, man, man. Then Tampa Bay Rays. They thought they thought they were gonna beat us, huh? Oh yeah, they think they're gonna play us. They they will think we're the weakest team. Now I'm fired up. Exactly. When you guys visit
1: next summer, come to the pool. I'll be playing Winnipeg Blue Bomber Grey Cup Highlights while the song is playing. A great song by Pitbull. He's a lyrical genius.
0: He is. Live life, don't let it live you.
2: Words to live by. Pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> and that does it for Rapid Fire, but uh, I have one more thing for you guys this week, and it has to do with Brady Kachuk's statement that says he was bitten by Brendan Lemieux in the middle of a hockey fight. They haven't well, going. and I don't know if he thinks he, he bit him or... He is, yeah, He yeah, said, said he, he bit, bit me. Summoned by the social media handle of John Cougar Colleen Camp, paid Gilbert Godfrey to make a cameo of Kachuk's statement. Kids don't even do that anymore. Babies do that. And I don't even know when he was thinking. He's just a uh, complete brickhead. He's got nothing up there. Bad guy, bad player... What a joke he is to Kachuk. Isn't that the best thing you've heard all week? <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. I don't that know what's great. I don't know if it's his
1: read or that he couldn't pronounce Kachuk.
0: It's one take. He's just sitting in this lazy boy. <laughs>
1: Squinting at the screen as he oh, yeah. reads it. That's, in that voice of his, that's so
0: it so was infamous. phenomenal. He's about to become a rich man of people putting cameo requests in for him to read bedtime stories to press conference comments. Watch out. If you can buy stock in Gilbert Godfrey, it's it's time. This is gonna be better than Rashad's Bitcoin, I'll tell you that.
2: Yeah, you're not kidding.
1: <laughs> we should we should use Rashad's Bitcoin earnings to pay Gilbert Godfrey to record our intro <laughs> to this podcast. Give
2: me six months, I'll see if I can come up with some. <laughs> um, you know, what was funny with Cameo. I kind of thought, what is the point of this? There is no good use for this. And then now, boy, have I been proven wrong. <laughs> <coughs> uh,
0: no kidding. <laughs> it's a great platform. Oh, fantastic.
2: Amazing. <laughs> Lemieux got
1: five games for biting Kachuk. That sounds about right to me. Yeah,
0: what do I you agree. guys think? Yeah, I do too. That's that's all right. Yeah. I'm okay with that.
2: Yeah, you gotta stop that. That can't become a thing.
0: <laughs> now now
1: somebody should pay Gilbert Godfrey to read the NHL statement. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, that's so good. <clears throat>
1: Remember to follow us on social media, right, boys? That's right.
0: Yeah, Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram for future considerations on Facebook.
2: And you can also email us your questions and topics at for future considerations at gmail.com. And if you missed our previous episodes, you can always go back and have a listen to some of our debates as well as some of our guests too
1: yeah we want to thank our sponsors on this episode too london awnings quality that shows and shane topolovic of next level athletics in windsor specializing in sports training and nutrition
0: have you talked to him yet i have i haven't heard from him in a while now in a while it's assuming he hasn't been going out it's december Rashad. your birthday's coming up too yeah that's right yeah birthday you're both birthday boys I know. This is the, the home stretch
2: here. And I don't know what I want for my birthday. I can't think of anything that I need. A Gilbert Godfrey birthday message on camera. Canvio. Oh, hey. now we're talking. <laughs>
0: hey, I saw Mark Messier put out a book.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> if I was freezing to death, I could light it on fire to keep me warm. <laughs>
0: Well, Mark, if you're listening, we'd love to get you to sign it for him.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe even come on the show a little bit.
0: <laughs> oh. Hey, thanks for thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for German, joining us, coming along on this crazy ride. Let us know who's like which one of us just needs to, to relax a little bit here. take, uh, <laughs> <on, on, laughs> I can't imagine what direction you're going to go, but we are planning to do another episode. On the OT on Friday. Stay tuned for that.
1: Hopefully we'll talk some junior hockey with some big announcements being made about the World Juniors, which are just taking place around the corner. So stay tuned
0: for that. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you soon on For Future Considerations.
1: That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years.